Time now for the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the cards, Danny Mack, and Cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. We are out here, Roger Dean Stadium. The Cardinals take down the Nationals 5-4. to four. Danny Mack, Brad Thompson, Dan, they do it again. These birds just keep on rolling. Yeah, they do. And I, I think the one thing that I take away in this game is that we're starting to maybe get a little clarity on the number five pitcher for the Cardinals. So Drew Verhagen made the start. And it was interesting how the Cardinals approached this. We were prepared to come to the ballpark, and Miles Michaelis was supposed to get that start. He threw on the backfields and pitched pretty efficiently. He had 47 pitches, four innings, five hits, three runs. They were earned. No walk, struck out four, six ground ball outs. By the way, for folks that are wondering, he was throwing to Yadier Molina. We have yeah. not seen him yet in an official game. But uh, Verhagen, man, I, I liked him. I, I really liked what I saw. I liked him from the first time I saw him throw in the bullpen today. And I know he, he's already been in one game so far this spring prior to today. He went two innings. He had punched out three in that ball game. But just watching how composed he was on the mound, the way that he repeated his delivery, the feel for his off speed, Watching him on the side, I, I said, man, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it translate. And Dan, early on, it translated. This guy was pounding the zone with everything. He, he did. And the other thing I loved was a breaking ball that I didn't know was that good. Uh, I thought his breaking ball was really sharp. And the fact is, especially in the first inning, it was seven pitches. He's filling up the strike zone. And we talk about it ad nauseum. The fact is, if you are a St. Louis Cardinal pitcher, fill up the strike zone. Because you, you've got guys that are going to make plays behind you. Nolan Arenado made a very good play early on. Get used to it. Because if you get guys that throw strikes and allow the ball to be put in play, which we saw today, um, you're going to have success. And so right now, one of the takeaways from this camp is they're finding guys by design to bring in people that throw strikes and get ground balls. We're seeing that. Why not play to your strengths? Right. It makes sense. You've you've got arguably the best defense in all of baseball. Your infield is ridiculous. Utilize them. So that's exactly what Verhagen did in this one. His first two innings, he had four ground ball outs. And But he's not just turbo sinker guy. That's not like all he throws. He also runs that four-seam fastball up in the zone to get you off of it. He did have that breaking ball that you mentioned. He showed the ability to pitch to both sides of the plate, and he just, he just fits the bill. If you're a Cardinal fan listening to this right now and you haven't seen him pitch yet, you're going to be impressed. Like when you, when you watch him, you're going to say, man, why, why was this guy, why do you have his, the struggles that he did early on in his career? He ended up going to Japan for a couple of years, seemed to figure some things out, and the Cardinals do it again. Like the, Internationally, they go out there and find a guy, and we don't know for sure what Verhagen's going to be. We don't know for sure what the role is, but I know that the skill set looks good. So in this game today, we saw Verhagen, he went three. Cabrera, scoreless inning. First time we've seen Ryan Helsley, he had a scoreless inning. You had Palante, and we both are very, very high on this young man, Pacheco, who is a strikeout guy in the minor leagues, we saw him for the first time. He was good. He had nailed the young man from Cape Girardeau. And then uh, Bo came in at the very end. And our first look at the Rule 5 former position player that uh, has turned some heads in this camp. What was his name again? Uh, Bo, yeah. I think it was a little bit longer than that. Uh, Bo Siokovic? That would be it. Bo Siokovic? You were able to say it right. Bo Siokovic or Bo Siokovic? No, Bo Siokovic. I promise you this. Bo, yeah. if he keeps throwing the ball like that, we'll get the name <laughs> right. Like, absolutely promise we will. No, it was interesting to watch him, too, because this is a guy you mentioned, former, like, first baseman. The Cardinals picked him up in the Rule 5 draft from the Rockies, minor league phase of, right. of the Rule 5 draft. And he is short arm, 
But he hides the ball really well. And then he's he's got the fastball that's like 95. And then he throws an 88 to 90 mile an hour cutter right off of it. And that's something it really keeps lefties honest. It's able to bore in on the lefties. For the righties, you can get them to reach a little bit. It's a two-pitch mix, or at least from what we've, we've seen so far. But I think it's a good one. And there are some scouts out there. We were talking to one earlier uh, before the game that like him. Like yeah. they, they like the player. I don't know if he's going to be a part of the mix for the Cardinals right off the bat, but he's certainly going to be in the mix for somebody. So it, it's interesting today during our telecast on Valley Sports, having the chance to first uh, – time we've had the chance to visit with Ali Marmol so he was on with us during the game and the one thing that I think now fans are going to learn when they start seeing him more in post-game interviews pre-game or in-game in this case which he was very kind with his time um, he, he's kind of an understated guy he's just very even keel you're not going to see too many highs too many lows and very very easy going and I think the the way I would maybe phrase it is that he understands what he has he puts the expectations that he wants out of the players and leaves it up to them and is very open and honest in conversations. Like I've known Ali a long time and, and Ali's the kind of guy that um, when you talk to him about the team, he just says, well, this guy's need, he needs to be doing this. Either he is or he isn't. You do or you don't. I was talking to Ali before the game about that. And I, I think, and you would understand this better than I, but pro athletes appreciate whether it's good or bad news, honesty. And if you can be honest with a player, that's all they're asking for. The last thing you want to do is an athlete. And forget athlete, Dan. Like anybody listening right now, you're listening to the fast lane, you're driving around, you're listening on a podcast. It, you want to know at work what is asked of you. Like you want to know what the expectations are. You don't want to wonder what somebody's thinking about. You don't want to wonder what you should be doing next. You want to know what that goal is, and then you, you go for it. And that's something that uh, communication has always been key, but everybody talks about communication. Not everybody communicates, and all he does. And we, he had an example of that when he talked to us today about Nolan Gorman. Dan sat down with Nolan Gorman and said, hey, man, what, what's going on? Right. You're pressing. And, and you, he we said, could yeah, see it pressing. today even a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and Nolan, Nolan has been getting – been given a lot of opportunities in this camp he's played in every single game uh he ended up going 0 for 3 in the ball game today but uh it, it's a 21 year old player in big league camp dan this is different okay it's, it's different because nolan gorman knew coming into this camp that he had an outside chance and it was an outside chance and is an outside chance i'm not saying the chance is done yet to make the ball club and you're going to put some pressure on yourself, aren't you, when Absolutely. you're in a situation like that? Well, Ollie could tell that, and that's why I sat down with him today. So the Cardinals win it by the final of 5-4 to four today over the Nationals. Nationals are now 1-6 in spring. The Cardinals are 5-1. and one. And let, let's talk a little bit about that. That's Brad Thompson. I'm Dan McLaughlin. We're coming to you from uh, the press box in the broadcast booth of uh, Roger Dean Stadium following the win here on 101 ESPN in the fast lane. But... It, it is spring training. Randy asked me about this the other day. You know, what's it mean to win in spring training? And I said, well, in two weeks, no one's going to care what your record was in spring training. However, you do want to win games. And there is something to be said about winning games. And I, I just think I like how the team looks. It, it's, it's got a calm demeanor. 
and it's kind of got a demeanor of, hey, we've been there, done that because of the veterans that are on this team. And the veterans are playing a lot in these games because it's a condensed spring training. But there is something to be said for winning games. Yeah, I think there's something to be said, too, for evaluating under pressure. Like the ninth inning for Bosiokovic today or Bosiokovic today. Yes, Bo. Bo. For Bo, like it, it was a safe situation. It's right. a little bit different. Yeah, it's a spring training game. And, yes, nobody's going to remember it in a little bit. But you're a little tight. Like you want to nail that thing down. You know, if you give up one run, you give up a couple runs. You got to play another half inning. Like there, there's something there. We saw late in the game, defense is in. You got to cut down this runner over at third base. Learning how to win is an important thing, you know. And I, I believe it's at every level, not just like spring training, but I believe learning to win in the minor leagues is a really big deal. Danny can't just go through the motions. So to that point, we had two really good base running plays made by the Cardinals today. One was Corey Dickerson, and the other I can't remember if it was Arenado, but it was a veteran going first to third. And those are the little things that I watch in spring training. I thought Mike Schilt did a, a hell of a job when he was the manager of the Cardinals of turning around little things like defense and base running after he took over for Mike Matheny. In that first camp, it was a point of emphasis, and it was a point of emphasis every day. Well, who was running the camp then? Ali Marmol. Yes. And so you're seeing little things like that, first to third, uh, being smart on the bases. I watch those things, and it, it, sometimes – you know, you watch the non-winning teams. They don't do those things. And if you don't do that when regular season play gets here, you're in trouble. You mean the Nationals today? Because we yeah, saw a couple of exactly. them. We, we saw a couple of just kind of weren't thinking moves. And it, everybody, you're always going to have them. You're going to have bad moments here and there. You're going to have times where you mess up. But you have to harp on the little things, the little things that are, that are the things that end up killing you in the long run. And, Dan, we talked about it during the broadcast. Is And this is a term that Mike Schilt used to use a lot and Ollie uses it a lot also. It's intentional, okay? The Cardinals are very intentional in the way that they work. We were on the field early today before batting practice as they're going through their ground ball infield work, going through base running drills, going through the bunt drills. Everything has to be perfect, and all the throws are crisp, and all the footwork is right, because if you don't get this stuff right here when you're practicing day in and day out, what makes you think you're going to get it right in September when you're working on one of these plays that you really, really need? It matters here. The other thing I take away from today, Arenado looks locked in. His defense never has a day off. He's already made some dazzling plays down here in, in Jupiter. But he looks locked in. I'd say Goldie looks pretty good. Now, he did strike out a couple of times, but then he picked up a, a base hit. I love what I saw out of Harrison Bader today. He had the, the double that scored two. He had a couple of hits. And another guy, Paul DeYoung. Now, the numbers may, may not bear it out It's it's because it's such an unforgiving game. But he has hit some balls hard that don't wind up being base hits. Just keep doing what he's doing, and he's going to be just fine. Yeah, and those are the things that don't matter in spring, right? It doesn't matter if you don't have the numbers to show for it. If you are barreling the ball, if you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, then great. Now, he did add a couple of knocks, as you mentioned today. But confidence is key. And Paul, as you know, you know Paul well, he's hard on himself. And he's, he's a critical thinker, and he, he dives in maybe way too much. Maybe he works like way too hard at times. We talked about that with Matt Carpenter, where they got to the point with Carp where they just said, say, dude, stop coming to the field so yeah. damn early. Will you cut it out? Well, DeYoung works like that, too, and he's trying to make different adjustments. He worked on different things, had a different hitting coach this offseason as everybody was locked out, and he had to find some, some way to kind of reinvent him, himself and his swing. I like what we're seeing, and the big key is for him, 
Last year, he got pull happy. He was pulling off of everything. The shoulder was coming out, and if you made a mistake, if you made a mistake middle in, he'd make you pay for it. But if you executed a pitch, you got him out. And nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, if you made a pitch last year, you were getting him out. Well, right now, if you're making a pitch, he's staying on it. He's thinking opposite field gap. Like, that's the way he got a hit today. It was a little flare down the right field line, but it was a pitch that was down in a way that he would have swung and missed before, and he was able to stick with it and just serve it out into right field, and then he smashes one down the left field line that tried to get in on him. He's covering well. I think he's made some good adjustments. So, Brad, let's take a big-picture view of what's happened now because we are under two weeks away from opening day of spring training and some of the storylines that people – back home maybe wondering about and the first one that comes to mind is just the health of the club where are you at and right now we know Alex Reyes Jack Flaherty will not go north with the club they'll not be on the roster and that's uh, two big losses for this team it's concerning it, it is concerning because Jack Flaherty is the guy that for the last couple of years and we've seen glimpses of it we saw the epic second half in 2019 and last year Dan he was off to an incredible start before he ended up getting hurt at the end of May against the Dodgers he we know the kind of stuff that he has Jack can take over he can be a guy that takes the ball every fifth day and take over well you're not going to have Jack Jack's dealing with uh, bursitis in the shoulder he's got the inflammation I think the he's the plan is to start a throwing program hopefully in April have you ever had a, a, that kind of injury I haven't you know? I haven't but the you, only you shoulder guys that have for sure it's, it's it's not well, easy anything with the shoulder it just takes a while and it ends up being like how much can you get the inflammation down also how much can you you handle like if the doctor tells you you're not going to do any more damage but it's it's a it's about a threshold of what feels right to you. You got a lot to, to pitch through. I had in 2004, it was uh, internal impingement is what it ended up being. Dan, I swear to you, I thought that I was going to have to have surgery for sure. Oh, I and, bet. Yeah. And it was one where like I couldn't reach out to shake somebody's hand. I couldn't reach across my body. It would just stab in the front of my shoulder all the time. My thought is, oh, well, I have a torn labrum or rotator i got something something's messed up and it turned out my shoulder i was just weak like it wasn't the stuff wasn't pulling back i was putting all this this workload on the shoulder and i wasn't maintaining it to the level that i was supposed to now that is certainly not the case with jack but i say that just kind of tell you the intricacies of the shoulder you just never know there's so much going on there so fingers crossed jack's not on the il for long but you have to proceed as if he is going to be you gotta you gotta be able to figure out the innings now Drew Verhagen, who we talked about before, he is going to be a factor. He's going to be a factor one way or the other. They signed him to a two-year deal. Well, I'm, I'm curious where you go with this. I, I love what I've seen out of Jake Woodford so far, and we're talking about now expanded rosters. For those that don't know, it's been to 28 to start the season. Woodford has looked really good, and something clicked at the end of last season in September with sure him. Did. He's a different-looking guy, and it's carried over to this camp. Verhagen was very good today. I still – I'm high on Johan Oviedo. I know he's winless in the big leagues. He's had ample opportunity to win games. He came in the other day in a ball game that we did against the Marlins and looked outstanding. So if you're the Cardinals, do you go with what would be like your, let's say, your sixth starter or seventh starter or what would be your number one or two at Memphis, and are they in your bullpen to start this season? And that's something – so if you get 28, you're going to carry 15 pitchers to make sure you're covered. Is that something that the Cardinals will do? I might. I might unless I, I make some other roster moves on a position player side that, that force, you know, force the issue another way. Maybe we'll get into that in a minute. But 
it's it's something I wouldn't be scared to carry 15 pitchers, and I I wouldn't be worried either initially because these rosters are only expanded until May 1st. Then it right. goes back to a 26 man roster. I would not be totally concerned about taking one of my starters from Memphis. I get it that that's your depth. Your goal these these games from April 7th through May 1st. They mean a lot more at the big league level than they do at Memphis. So it, I'm taking my best arms. I'm yeah. taking the guys that I believe can help me out in this situation. Let's talk to you about, I know fans are curious about camp battles down here. So if you're looking at the DH, we'll get into this. I mean, it's Dickerson against right-handers right now, I would have to say. Juan Yepes is the compliment when you have a left-hander on the mound. Don't forget about Lars Nupar. you got to think that Emundo Sosa is going to make this team <clears> – <throat> So it's interesting to think about what direction you want to go into in terms of the DH. The Cardinals have done like these internal studies about when guys wear out. And they say seven days, usually seven games in a row, eight games in a row. It's good. Normally, if you can afford to do it, now you can with the DH to get guys off their feet. So maybe then sometimes it's going to be Goldie or Arenado or DeYoung. And that's a way to get other guys playing time, too. But you get them off their feet. My point is, I don't think there's a clear-cut representative of the DH. I, th- I think you're going to see Ali use a lot of different guys at different times. Now, if somebody takes off, then, yeah, you, you keep putting that guy out there. But I-, I think you can see a rotation of guys, and that's the way he'll play it. Can I add a player to this rotation of guys, yeah. Dan? Somebody that he – I know uh, where you're going with He's this. only going to face lefties, chances are. So that would be number five. That would be number five. Albert Pujols, and uh, you and I have had these conversations off-air – Talked about it on the radio the other day. Albert Pujols, once you sign Dickerson, he does make some sense. Because before, you didn't have you, – you were not a good offensive ball club last year against righties. I believe you were 21st in the, in the league against, uh, against righties in terms of OPS. Uh, you were really good against lefties. You were actually the second-best ball club in baseball. Only the Toronto Blue Jays were better against left-handed pitching last year than the St. Louis Cardinals. That's not to say you can't kill a fly with a sledgehammer. If you got a guy that can crush left-handed hitters and you have a roster uh, left-handed pitchers and you have a roster that can you can have a guy that doesn't have to be totally versatile, he makes sense to me. Like when I look at this on the surface, and I don't know anything about the dollars and cents, although it's my understanding that it's not going to cost too many dollars if you wanted to bring Albert Pujols in. He would come here for barely anything. And, and, Is that right? And, uh, it's, it, uh, that's what I'm hearing potentially. Or interesting. Or, or very very low salary. Okay. Yeah. So we're not talking. And you know he'd love to come yes, back. Yeah, we're not talking Pujols money, okay? Right. We're talking about uh, a veteran minimum type money. Uh, to me, the question is, Juan Yepes, who 27 home runs, I think it was, in the minor leagues last year. They liked him enough to put him on the wild card roster. He didn't get in the game, but they believe in him, and they believe that, that he has got a future at the big league level. But for right now, my question is Juan Yepes or Albert Pujols? And to me, it's a, it's a pretty easy one to answer. Let me ask you this, though. Being a former player, and you know Yachty and Wayno, and let's just assume this is going to be their final years. I'm not so sure, by the way, on either one. But let's Who just, knows? Let's yeah, just and, assume Until we it. actually see it. Exactly. Seeing is believing. If I'm in that front office, I first have to go to those two guys and say, look, you, you're the ones that stuck with us. Um, you're the guys that are going out this year. It's your swan song. It's your fairy tale ending if you will you deserve all the accolades the adulation the attention that'll come your way if we bring this guy in understand that some of that's going to go away are you okay with it and i i 
I would hope they respect if the front office did that. I would imagine they probably would. But and I also imagine those two guys would say, "Get them, bring them in. We got no problem with it." I, I do believe that. No, but I like your approach though because of what you do, said. Do you hey, think it, you, I, you I were the guys that were here. That. I, I think it's smart. I, I really do think it's smart because you're right. There is going to be so much uh, love and adoration and so many send offs in all these different cities for those two guys. Yeah. And, and and it should be that way. I think there's room for one more. And, and you know how close Albert and Yachty oh, are. You know how close and Albert Wayno. and Wayno yeah. is. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think that it would be a problem. I do I do like your idea, though, of running it by them. But this, to me, signing Albert, I, I would not sign Albert if I was the Cardinals if it were just for the nostalgia. If it was just like, yeah, okay, he's got to well, have a role. I mean, it's got to be to make sense between the white lines. He can help you. He can help your you, ball. You club. told me his OPS against lefties was close to a thousand last year. It was nine thirty nine. That's I believe. incredible. Yeah, and he hit two ninety four. So he hit for average. I knew it was hit good. for power. I realized it was that good. It was. I mean, they put him. The Dodgers when when they had him, they put him in a good position yeah. to succeed. And I believe that this roster with Dickerson, I believe too with, with the emergence of Brendan Donovan, which I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to be a part of things early on, if I'm making the roster, which means nothing. Uh, but if I'm making the roster, I, I have Donovan a part of it yeah, because of, of what he does from the left side. Too. Yep, And and also, uh, as, as we talked about during the broadcast, he is uh, he's he hasn't played any games there, but he's working taking ground balls over at first base, you know, on, on some of the backfield stuff. So he's trying to get that versatility, too. I just feel like you can find a spot for that guy. And I think that, you know, the old Toby Keith song, you know, I know you're a big Toby Keith oh, guy. Yeah. I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Yeah. Could be Albert. You get Albert back with Boy, the birds on the fun. bat. Like, Can you, you imagine opening day with him? Oh, could, could you imagine big spot late in the season oh. and that guy's coming up for well, you? Well, the bottom line, I don't care if it's a uh, Tuesday against the Marlins in July that dude pops out of the dugout to pinch hit. I mean, the place yes. goes insane. Albert. Yes. Albert. Got another question for you. Yeah. If you're kicking this around, you're thinking about it. If you which are organizationally, yeah. which, which like this isn't just us kicking it around. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the organization has had these talks internally and the, the Cardinals have been linked to Albert in recent days, among other teams. Mariners were another team. I forget the third team. Uh, but here lies the biggest problem, I think. What if he struggles? What if he struggles mildly? Yeah. And the, the graceful exit that you want to have. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's a, a very valid point. And I think that was part of the thinking last year with a lack of a DH. If you were going to bring him into St. Louis, he was kind of a one-trick pony. And if you were going to play him, would you overexpose him? He's not going to play first. He's not going to play third. He's not going to play the outfield. Yeah. So would you expose him? And you don't want him to go out that way. And this is about winning, ultimately. It's not about Albert Pujol's swan song. This is about winning games. Yep. And you're right. If he struggles and you'd have to cut him loose, it'd be tough. It'd be tough. But I don't know, man. I, I, I think he's so good still, probably against lefties, that you wouldn't have that issue. But yeah. who knows? Time would tell. Well, until he signs somewhere yeah. or until the camp breaks and, and you know that you have all your holes filled, I think it's interesting. And I, I think it's something to keep in your back pocket if you're the organization. Some of the news today, too. We had our, our conversation with Ali Marmol. He said that more than likely it will be Yadier Molina making his debut here in spring training in a live game, if you will, with fans and all that kind of stuff would be Sunday Sunday, by the way, they're supposed to piggyback DeGrom and Scherzer against <laughs> the Cardinals. Em. I said to Ali, I said, you sure you want to bring And he said, well, you know what? Yachty's the kind of guy that probably welcomes that and wants that. So uh, if you're thinking about, you know, taking in a game and seeing Yachty, it, it uh, would be then. 
The other thing we have found out down here is that fans are back, man. I mean, crowds have been very, very good down here. Uh, I talked to Joe Strom the other day at the Cardinals ticket department. He's been over there for 30 years, 30 plus years. Uh, opening day sales are going well. Tickets, generally speaking, are going well. And fans are excited to be back, which is great. The one thing he agreed with me on, I said, you know what, Joe, if you didn't get 162 in, if you said this is 154, even if it was only 154, people would have been pissed. And Rightfully I, so, too. And I, I agree with, yeah, I think they would have been mad. So um, I, I look at this being, you know, a situation where the fans are, are coming out and they are accepting the idea of 162 and like, hey, wasn't pretty, but you got it done, so we're back, and we're seeing that down here. Yeah, and uh, I get I get the frustration, and we both talked about it on the radio. We talked about it personally. We were frustrated. Like there, there's a lot up in the air when, when it came to the lockout, the labor dispute. But baseball is back, and like yeah. this is baseball is supposed. That's what angered me. Like, just as a baseball fan, this is supposed to be a distraction. Yeah, this isn't something that you're supposed to be worked up about. Baseball shouldn't anger you. Although we all get to those points, Dan, where sometimes you get mad about something that you're seeing, or you believe a manager made a move that was a stupid one, or called in the wrong guy out of the bullpen, whatever it was. But it's it's supposed to be entertainment. This is supposed to be a release yep. for you. It turned into another distraction, which bothered a lot of people. But now your distraction could be 162 games of baseball. And I love seeing all the fans here. There's so many fans down here in, in Jupiter that are on spring break. You got the kids out there. You mentioned it during the telecast. Uh, you know, Yadier Molina signing autographs for kids down the line. Paul Goldschmidt, after we were talking to him, he signed an autographs for a long time. People are ready to have a normal season, and I'm glad that baseball is allowing them to do that. So we wrap it up here. So some of the storylines with less than two weeks to go. Uh, Yachty caught Miles Michaelis today. Anticipated to be uh, anticipation is that he'll be in the lineup then on Sunday. Probably not tomorrow against the Marlins. We'll have that telecast at noon tomorrow on Bally Sports. Brendan Donovan's got a good chance to make this team. Young guys that have made an impression. Uh, keep an eye on Jake Walsh. We haven't really talked much about him. Throws 100. He's had nasty stuff. Andre Pallante pitched today. Was very, very good. Verhagen, by design, to get him in front of the big crowd and, and have him go against uh, Washington today. Made the start, went three innings. So maybe he has the inside track, potentially, for that fifth starter spot. Uh, Dickerson, Corey Dickerson, has been just fine. It, it's like he's been part of this club forever and has been a, good, a very good mentor for some of the young players. So he fits in nicely with this team. Gorman struggling a little bit, so something to keep an eye on in the, in the last couple of weeks. Which is fine, by That's the way. Fine. He's 21 years That's old. Right. So anything else you can think of before we send it back? No, I, I think that these are going to be the things that we're keeping an eye on. Who ends up nailing down that fifth starter job? Because somebody else can still come out of the woodwork. Uh, Jake Woodford, yep. you mentioned him. He's throwing the ball Obito, really well. Maybe. Matthew Liberatore, yeah, who one. knows, right? He's one of the best uh, left-handed prospects in all of baseball. So there is still time to make a big-time impression. And there are still pieces in this bullpen. Alex Reyes was going to be a hybrid role type guy. I mean, he was probably going to be approaching that 100-inning mark out of the pen as he uh, you know, went over the 80-inning mark last year. Who can fill that void? Can somebody do that? I, I think we're going to find out. Aaron Brooks is another guy that really interests me if he's a part of it. But we got less than two weeks here to figure it out. Good stuff, partner. This is always fun. Well, let's do it again soon. We'll do it tomorrow. Done. At noon. That's Brad. I'm Dan, 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the cards, Danny Mack, and cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN.
To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.